guys. Welcome back to the Tipsy Ghost. We're your Tipsy Ghost, Sarah, Sarah, and Lindsay. Hello. Hey, guys. Hi. What's Hi. Up? Oh, you know, just hanging out, drinking. Drinking your raspberry berets? Raspberry margarita? Is that what it is, Boydson? That's what it is. She served me. Um, apparently, I'm learning something about Boydson after all these, you know, podcasts and years of friendship here, that she fills drinks to the very top where you almost spill them i so. don't understand how that's weird <laughs> it's the only way to drink them i so i'm like how far oh, do you fill your drinks up like if it's alcohol three quarters maybe half <laughs> is that weird i mean you know you're gonna like drink the wine? whole bottle of wine anyways like, why not just fill it up wine i do like half a glass is that weird <laughs> yes and then like i'll go back and refill it huh yeah, no, I like to fill mine pretty much to the top, too. Okay. Maybe oh, this is a me okay. thing. How mature of you. Yeah, people, let me know. Am I doing this wrong? <laughs> Every ready. time she gives me a drink, I'm like, oh, I'm going to spill it. I'm going to spill it. I told them, and I, I don't want to ruin it for everybody, but if you, well, I kind of do, actually. If you want to ruin, ruin raspberry flavoring for yourself, oh, just. No, stop, 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 stop. Google where it came from. Nope. Yeah. Don't want to. In your spare time. I told her, raspberry is one of my favorite flavors. Mm-hmm. And she goes, do you want me to ruin it for you? <laughs> I said, please stop. Listen, I know where it comes from, and I still will choose raspberry over a lot of things. Does so. it not come from raspberries? It does not. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little laugh. Does this taste like a real raspberry to you? I've never actually had a real raspberry. <gasps> what? Is that weird? <laughs> yes. It's like raspberry flavor things. Hold on. I'm permission to Google where raspberries come from. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Raspberry flavor. Not where raspberries come from. Oh, gosh. <laughs> where do raspberries come from? <laughs> things I Google. Google's like, Lizzie, please stop. Um, okay. It's telling me like where raspberries come from. Where do raspberry... Where? No. That's what I'm saying. Does flavor. Raspberry flavor <laughs> come from. From a gland in a beaver's tush. <laughs> Uh, does it say tush what (laughs) yes it says tush the anal glands of a beaver does beaver tush flavor your strawberry (laughs) shortcake (laughs) is raspberry flavoring made for beaver oh my god (laughs) it's called castorium a secretion harvested from the castor glands of beavers why does Yay, it- I ruined it for everyone. The yeah. only question is why does a glandular extract yeah. harvested from the backside of a beaver taste like raspberries <laughs> and vanilla cream? No, no, no. The real question is who discovered this? Oh, is beaver butt really used to flavor your dessert? The amount of responses. <laughs> why would you do this to me? How did you know this? I have a- my head is full I of random knowledge. I didn't know this, and I am I'm okay with the answer, but yeah. I am more enjoying Lindsay's response. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is blue raspberry flavor, and why is it from a beaver's butt? <laughs> this is like the responses I'm getting. Blue raspberry is one of my favorite flavors. Does your food contain beaver <laughs> anal secretions? <laughs> Who figured out a beaver's butt tastes like raspberry? i told you i I knew where it came from and i still choose raspberry over other flavorings sometimes too so it's okay it happens i just (sighs) block that out of my brain (laughs) 
My brain is full of the most random, useless knowledge. I don't know what to do. I, you keep like, drinking. I get raspberry unsweet tea from Sonic <laughs> all the time. Lindsay and- eats ass. <laughs> Beaver ass. <laughs> I have no response. <laughs> like, I am in shock. I feel like you guys just told me Santa wasn't real. Like, my whole life has been a lie. Well, that's our next conversation. I <laughs> Fresh squeezed raspberries. <laughs> you did not. <laughs> it's so artificial. That's why it's delicious. I've been waiting for that secret all night. I'm so glad I waited. You've been watching me drink artificial raspberries just knowing. I'm telling you, I, I choose raspberry knowing what it's from and it still tastes good to me. <laughs> I keep reaching for my drink and then putting it down like, no, I don't want it, but I do want it because it tastes so good. You better drink that. I poured it special for you. It's delicious. I'm so confused. A beaver lost his butthole for you. (laughs) I'm crying because I was laughing so hard. And I'm like, just in disbelief that this is what my life has come to. Drinking beaver butthole. That I, I might be going all organic and I love food, but... I mean, beaver butt is organic. True. So organic. I don't feel comfortable with that response either. <laughs> um. So hey, welcome to the Tipsy Coast. We're having a bit of an. I'm having a bit of an existential crisis right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Raspberries. <laughs> Raspberry beret. Remember that. Let's go back to that. I keep thinking of the mm. schnozberries Taste like schnozberries. <laughs> the beaver berries taste like raspberries. Oh, oh too soon. <laughs> this drink is delightful. Some I hate myself. <laughs> I need to get my mind off of this, guys. What are we talking about tonight? Um, a smorgasbord. Smorgy, smorgy, smorg, 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 smorg. Okay. <laughs> Remix. <laughs> you guys okay. will just look at me. So I just keep going with it. I butchered the last one. You can butcher this. One. It's fine. I didn't butcher it, you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Oh. All right, I nailed the last one. You can nail this one. Thank you. It's fine. That beaver butthole makes her feisty. <laughs> Turns you into a real butthole. You're drinking the same thing. And I'm okay with it. <laughs> Anyhow. Oh, I feel sad. Okay. <laughs> sad. I don't know how to feel. Um, so we're doing Smorgasbord, which is where we talk about all of the things, all of the places, all of the people, whatever category we want to talk about. That's right. Yeah. All, all the things. Yep. And Boydson has a new... Um, spinner. Spinner. Mm. Spinner. <laughs> so we're going to come up with our own sound effects for it. Okay, uh-huh. we're ready. Are they going to be tired of Wait, which call? I'm green. Noises. I'm green. Okay, go. Stop laughing, you jerk. right now i'm you're gonna text me to take it out and i'm not going to do it i'm not taking that out take me out where i sound like an idiot <laughs> if i did we would not have a podcast i know that's why i don't even try anymore because she like makes an idiot she, the whole time yeah it makes her sound better when we sound like idiots right well you know 
right. Okay. <clears throat> Sarah's starting us off. Yes. Well, this is my first time doing a two-parter. <gasps> two-parter. Okay. Two-parter. Mine falls into the true crime category. Love it. Let's do it. But I decided I wanted to talk about another town because that's what I do best. I love towns. And places. And places. Yeah. And this is kind of close to us. It's in Skidmore, Missouri. We would have a na- uh, town with a name of Skidmore. <laughs> I wonder where that is. I've never heard of it. It's in your underwear. <laughs> I can't with you. <laughs> I thought that the whole time, but I wasn't going to say it, so I'm so glad you did. No, but really, please tell me where Skidmore is. <laughs> Let me tell you. Okay. It's between a couple of cracks around some curves. <laughs> She's got jokes There's tonight. a Look cave nearby. <laughs> Listen to her. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. You got me on that one. I almost passed out. (laughs) (laughs) We're back to Skidmore, okay? Mm -hmm. Okay. It's in Missouri. It's been around since 1880. The current population is estimated to be about 300 people. Oh, that's like nothing. Right. Which is what makes this town kind of interesting. Do you know 300 people? I have more than 300 Facebook friends. Yes. (laughs) I do. Okay. To be fair, I don't think I know all of my Facebook friends. I do know all of mine. Sometimes I'm like, she knows hmm. all of her. Well, no, oh, okay, okay. No, like I know who they are. Do I like see them and talk to them every day? No, but well, uh, Skidmore is about an hour and thirty-seven minutes from Kansas City, so about a hundred miles. Thank you. It's north of us, north of us from Kansas City, and it's close to the Nebraska and Iowa border. I feel like we were okay. close to it when we went up to. We had to have been. Where do we go? Uh. Council Bluffs. The prison. Yes. Squirrel cage. Jail. Yes. Okay. All, yeah. all, the other words. all right answers. <laughs> we got it. Got it. It takes the three of us to get a right answer. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Um, so despite its relatively small size, Skidmore has its um, share of pretty crazy true crime. So that's what I'm going to talk to you about. The first one I want to tell you about is of the 1981 murder of Ken McElroy. And strap in. This is kind of a wild ride, people. Are you ready? I am. All right, so Ken was born June 1st, 1934. He lived in Skidmore and was... I can't say that name now without <laughs> thinking of you saying that. And, and he was known to be the town bully. Oh, It's not an okay. <clears throat> no. Over his lifetime, he was suspected to have been involved in theft of grain, gasoline, alcohol, antiques, and livestock. Oh. In all... Everything. Yeah, he covered all the areas. He had 21 convictions against him, but was able to avoid all charges somehow. And this was probably because witnesses refused to testify against him because Mm. he was a bully, remember? Oh, they were afraid of him. Yep. And he would intimidate them by stalking them. Not okay. Not a fan of this dude. Right. So he had 10 children by a couple of different women. He met his last wife. Her name was Trina McLeod when she was 12 years old, and mm. she was in eighth grade. Um, I believe this is around 1969 or 1970, so he would have been, been around 35 or 36 years old. Not a fan. <laughs> and that was me doing the math, so bear with me if I'm wrong on those days, but I tried. Oddly enough, he was still married to another woman at the time when he met Trina. The other woman was named Alice, and he was accused of statutory raping Trina multiple times burning her house down, her parents' house, and shooting the family dog before the parents finally agreed to their marriage. I'm sorry. It's part of the story I had to tell it. It Not a fan. Relevant to the story. It is. It makes him a heinous person. He's already a heinous person. 
it's true. He did it. She became pregnant at 14, dropped out of school, went to live with Ken, her husband, and Alice. Wait, he was still with Alice? The other wife. Yeah. What? So eventually Alice and Ken divorced and Ken married Trina so he could avoid charges of statutory rape. Sure, of course. Um, Shortly after Trina had her baby, she and Alice fled to Trina's mother and stepfather's house. Okay. Ken tracked them down. Brought them back home, returned to her parents' house where he again did the same thing, which I won't repeat because Boydston hates, and also burned down the house again. Wait, so they had like rebuilt the house and he burned it down again? Yep. He's the worst. He is the worst. Not a fan of him. Okay. In June of 1973, Ken was indicted on charges of arson, assault, and statutory rape. Yeah. He was arrested but later released on a $2,500 bail. Trina and her baby were at a foster home, and Ken would sit outside of this foster home and stare at it for hours. Oh my gosh, I hate him so much already. He told the foster parents that he would trade them, quote, girl for girl, <gasps> implying that he would most likely hurt the foster parents' daughter since he knew her bus route and where she went to school. <sighs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Not a nice guy. You can you can see why he earned the title of the town bully. I don't even have words. Okay. So on July 27th, 1976, a farmer named Romaine Henry um, said that Ken shot him twice with a shotgun after the farmer challenged Ken for shooting weapons on his property. Okay. All right. So he's like, you know, he's shooting guns on my property and then Ken shot me. And Ken was charged with assault with intent to kill, but claimed he was not even there. So you see a pattern here? Like he's not, he's getting away with all these things. Yeah, he's not taking real ownership here. He stalked and intimidated Mr. Henry. And Ken convinced two hunters to testify that he was hunting with them. So that he could get off on these charges. Eventually Ken was acquitted on these charges. And again, are we seeing a pattern? He's getting away with everything basically. So in 1980... One of his kids tried to steal candy from the store. Ken got into an argument with the owner. His name was Ernest, or they called him Bo, Bo and Camp. He was so enraged that he began stalking Bo's family and eventually showed back up at the store with a gun. He shot Bo in the neck, but somehow Bo survived Wow! The shot. So Ken was arrested again, but freed again on bail. Gosh, why do they keep putting this guy on bail? Oh, man. He is the worst. Ken went down to the bar and brought a rifle with a bayonet attached. What? <laughs> and he was blabbing all about the crazy stuff he was going to do to Bo. Who still has a bayonet in this? In the 80s? I don't in know. In the 80s. Yeah. It's wild. A Civil War reenactor. <laughs> a LARPer. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, this prompted lots of locals to try to band together, basically. They sure. saw this, and they were, like, just tired of his shit. They were like, he gets away with everything, and he's acting crazy. Yes, Can't I deal with locals. this anymore. Yes, I am them. <laughs> yes, so they were like, what can we do? We need to prevent him from doing any further harm from to being, anybody else. From being the worst. Yes, exactly. So they met, the locals met with the sheriff to try to figure out how to defend themselves, like, legally. Mm-hmm. I'm quoting. Okay. There, okay. Okay. Um, And the sheriff told them, don't get into a confrontation with him. Like, don't get into a direct confrontation. But you could consider a neighborhood watch program. So if you see anything suspicious, like a bayonet, then uh, you can react. (laughs) 
I like how you winked at us when you said that. <laughs> you can't see me, listeners, but I winked. <laughs> if you see a bayonet, call the police. <laughs> that seems suspicious on the Neighborhood Watch program. Yes, it does. So while they were having this meeting, Ken was at the bar, like I said, and he was with Trina, his wife at the time. The sheriff was like, get the fuck out. He left out of town. He totally bounced out and was like, you guys go on your Neighborhood Watch program. Okay. 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 So he kind of knows what's going on. There. Right? I support it. Mm-hmm. Just get mm-hmm. out of town, though? Yeah, he did. He was like, I got things to oh, do out of town. to let them. Gotcha. <laughs> I, got, I got somewhere to be. <laughs> I don't know what's going to go on. <laughs> but I got you now. Okay. So he can please. Okay. Yeah. You you guys sound like you have some neighborhood watching to do. So he got it. So yeah. He okay. Please. You with me? Yeah. yeah. All right. So the townspeople, yep. yep. They showed back up at the bar and they waited on Ken to come out um, to his truck. So. On the way out to the truck, someone started just shooting at Ken, probably Dang. because he was, you know, carrying a bayonet with a rifle. And as a neighborhood watch party, that probably looks suspicious. Sure. <laughs> so anyways, Ken ended up being shot several times. He was hit twice by two different types of rifles. In all, there were 46 witnesses, including Trina. Wow. That's a lot of people who were there. Trina was in the truck when he was shot. She was not shot. No one called for an ambulance, and only Trina claimed to identify a gunman. Everyone else claimed that they didn't know anything and they didn't see anything happen. Look at that, the town basically <laughs> getting together and be like... Can you believe that they were just like, I don't know what happened? Let's get him out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. The DA declined to press charges, <gasps> and a federal investigation didn't lead to any charges. Dang. So Ken's buried in St. Jomo. St. <gasps> Jomo, what you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And sadly, Trina filed for $5 million wrongful death lawsuit, but eventually ended up settling for $17,000 out of court because it was going to cost too much money for her to bring everything to court. Sorry, she filed for $5 million and got $17,000. That's exactly right. Yep. Okay. She relocated to Lebanon, Missouri. Yep. And died of cancer on her 55th birthday on January 24, 2012. That's still so pretty young death. Trina yeah. lived a pretty tragic life, honestly. But Ken, can you believe this? This is only the first part of Skidmore Mo, the town of 300 people. They banded together. They and pretty nobody much all knew. hated him, yeah. Yeah, he's a town jerk. Reminds me of Earl. It does. Because Earl had to die. Right. <laughs> That's crazy, though. So be prepared. I've got other... Other crazy stories coming from Skidmore, Missouri on my part two. Ooh, I can't wait. Can you believe it, though? This crazy little town? That is crazy. Like, it's just crazy that basically the city took the law into its own hands. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they were like, I don't know who shot first. You know who shot first? No, I don't know who shot first with 50 witnesses. And you'd have to really trust those people. Jeez, that's crazy. Because so many people... And shot shot several times, too. Yeah. (laughs) Not many many people hit them. And even the sheriff was like... (laughs) Peace out. <laughs> Sheriff had things you to do. You guys handled this yeah. this weekend. He's I love like, it. Sorry, I got things in other towns. I don't, I can't be here. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Spin it up. Let's see. Spin it up. Let's see. Ready? Oh. Are you doing, are you doing the sound effect this time? You Is do there a mockingbird in here? No, okay. I think it'd be great if you did. Um, <laughs> no, you all I'm, made fun of me. I'm going to be orange and you're going to be purple. Okay? I'm purple this time. Okay. Okay. Oh, dang. The colors change. I'm not ready for All that. right. Lindsay, one, two, three, go. <laughs> It's a really long spin. 
It's yay! It's you, it's Well, like it goes and then it like kicks up and it, it goes did. faster. I know it is. It is weird. So that's why I have to like go faster. I'm not ready for it. <laughs> you okay. know, you don't have to. I'm not ready for it. Love We're it. doing a conspiracy. Ooh, yay. right up your alley. Let's do it. Any guesses? Um, mm. no. I was going to guess one, but I know that you wouldn't do that one because we're doing that. I'm gonna, I am gonna. always guess wrong, so aliens something. Okay. Okay. I was going to guess Illuminati, but I know we're doing that later, so no. Um, you're both wrong. Thank you for playing. Thank you. You made me play, National so. Treasure. Does that have to do with the Declaration of Independence? No. <laughs> we're going to do a very basic version okay. of the moon landing conspiracy. Oh, okay. I like how you said I would this have was never... America, and I'm like, this is the moon. <laughs> Let me guess. They did it in 1969. Not 1968, but the year after. Yeah. We landed we on the moon. We went to the moon in 1969. Okay. You want to know the first sentence of my story? We went to the moon in Word for word. On July 20th of Lindsay's favorite year. <laughs> <laughs> Can you not put Lindsay's favorite year? It makes me sound weird. No. Okay. It's not 1968, but the year after. But the year after. 69. No, not 1968. Can you please after. not be dirty? This is about the it moon landing. It's 69, isn't it? 69. It's 69. <clears throat> 69. All I said was 69. You made it dirty. Okay. On July 20th of <laughs> Lindsay's Apparently favorite this year. Apparently my favorite year when Lindsay wasn't even born yet. <laughs> Apollo 11 landed on the moon. Or did they? I want to hear your opinion after this. <laughs> okay. So approximately 530 million people tuned in to watch Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin take their first steps on the moon. That's a lot of people. But soon after their return to Earth, some people claim that the giant leap for mankind was fake. Okay. The thought was that maybe the United States had staged this hoax in order to win the space race with the Soviets. So this came at a time when the Pentagon Papers... And Watergate decimated the trust of the Americans. That's true. Nixon. That happened. Yes, Nixon. <laughs> I Very do know good. That. <laughs> um, do you know what the Pentagon Papers are? No. Okay. Also, no. That's fine. Uh, it's the U.S. government actively built tensions during the Vietnam War, essentially. Okay. Interesting. Um, anyway, so trust was down. Like trust in the government, you mean? Going or? into the, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Going into the 1960s, um, you know, during, this is the time of the Cold War, and we're right. at this war against, you know, does democracy win? Does communism win? And we really didn't have a lot of knowledge, or our space knowledge was not great. Right. So for them to be able to get somebody, A, to the moon, be walk on the moon and see get them home safely was it was just kind of out of the question for some people sure so those that deny that the moon landing ever happened consistently present the same arguments over and over again and so we're just going to go over these arguments okay i'm kind of interested in this because like i've heard obviously of the conspiracy of the moon and people don't believe that we actually end on the moon but i don't know like their arguments the moon is cheese <laughs> It is. I have heard that argument. There's a man in the moon. <laughs> I have heard that one too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> one, the moon landing is fake because the American flag look like looks like it's flapping in the wind. If you look up a picture of the moon landing and the flag, you'll see that in in, in a video, you'll see that it kind of looks like it's moving. Right. And pictures make the flag look like it's flapping in the wind. 
And obviously there's no wind on the moon, so that's not possible. Okay. But the answer is within the flag itself. So if a regular flag was placed, it would have just hung there like flags do without any wind here on Earth. It just... It would be flaccid. A flaccid flag. <laughs> I hate you. But our gravity is <laughs> different, right? It is. And so right. this trip was a big deal, obviously. And of course, we needed to make the most of the photo op. So NASA made a flag specifically for the occasion. Of course they did. And honestly, the flag, it was basic. It just had a horizontal rod inside of it to make it stick out from the pole, be a semi and not flaccid. Makes sense. Okay. That you want to see the flag. You want to see so the that flag. You want to see like the stars and stripes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, obviously gotcha. that's the whole point of putting the flag there, right? Right. So, Just say like, "Hey, Russia, we got up. here first. Exactly. We claim this. It right. was a war, right. space war. And the astronauts had trouble getting it up, and this created the ripple effect. <laughs> did you have to say that way? <laughs> she absolutely did. Sure did. <laughs> Um, it. it only appeared to be moving while they were trying to grind it into the surface of Did the moon. Did you have to say grind it in? I don't yes. I know what your problem is. I'm just talking about the moon. It was in 69. Instead of grinding and semis. I don't know. Semi flag. guys so much. So That's the weird part about that. They step away. It's still erect, but just a little bent. <laughs> I literally have nothing I almost to lost say. my headphones on that one. <laughs> I literally have nothing to say at this point. I'm just going to say, okay. Sure. So that's the moon. Okay. All the right. moon, no, yeah. that's a flag. That's a flag. That's the flag with the gravity. <laughs> yep. With the horizontal. Yep. It's got a pole in it to make it stick out. To make out. it yes. stick out so that way it's that's not just why, hanging. And low. they couldn't get it to completely stick out. And so that's why it looks bent and looks like it's flapping in the wind. Okay. Gotcha. I'm with you. Number two. You can't see any stars in the pictures. Well, uh, yeah. So the explanation has to do with the exposure level of the camera while taking photos. The surface surface was brightly illuminated by the sun. The okay. space shoots. Space shoots. <laughs> space shoots. <laughs> the spacesuits worn are white and reflective as well. And so the exposure was a daylight exposure, so pretty quick. It's yeah. like a shutter open close really quick. It yeah. didn't allow a lot in. And so too short to capture the bright spacesuits and the bright surface and the, the stars. stars, which were, by comparison, pretty dim. Okay. So that's the stars. But also, I feel like, I mean, it only captures just those things in the in the image. Mm-hmm. You can't really see anything. But I mean, also, space. if I took a picture right now of the night sky, you would not see the stars. Exactly. It'd yeah. be dark. And, and the cameras black. are probably worse than, than what we have now. You can go outside and right. your, your eyeballs can see the stars. That's because you're constantly keeping your eyes open and your eye, it's, right. it's kind of like a shutter. Yeah. You're not like quickly sh- opening and shutting your eyes. And that's with 2020 cameras. Yeah. Let alone 1969 that's cameras. Insane. Like I thought, oh my God, that, that moon is beautiful. I'm going to take a picture. And then I go to take a picture and it's like literally a dot. Yes. Right. Yes. Like, yes. Oh. Yeah. So, you know. Number happens. three. Shadows. An image from the moon landing um, in that you can see certain objects as though... You can see certain objects pretty clearly, even though that they're in a shadow, making it look like there's um, artificial lighting okay. lighting this up. So skeptics say that if the sun is the only source of light, this wouldn't be possible, and this has to be the result of Hollywood lighting. But real scientists say that while the sun is the main source of light, the moon's surface reflecting the sun's light scatters the light in all directions, even into the shadows. So you have like, uh, you know, from the sunlight and then kind of from the ground light that makes everything lighter. Okay. 
That makes sense to me, right? Because otherwise the moon would not be visible at all, first of all. And then everything would be completely black up there otherwise, right? Mm-hmm. Number four, where is Armstrong's camera? So in one picture, you can see Armstrong in the reflection of Aldrin's visor. Um, it's one of the more famous pictures. And some people say that you can't see a camera like you would expect him to be holding something. Mm-hmm. Um and he's not, so obviously somebody else is taking the picture. Okay. Fun fact: the camera was mounted. The camera was you mounted. Sound like me. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I strive, this is a compliment. I strive to be you. <laughs> the camera was mounted. I can't with you. <laughs> it was mounted on the front of Armstrong's suit, okay. and his hands were over like his a GoPro. Yeah, it was over his chest where the camera the was OG. to take pictures. Um, and that's why it looks like. He's just standing there like this when really he's actually just clicking a clicking a picture. Clicking a picture. Is that, that what they call it? Yeah. Flicking the picture. Okay, nope. Uh, that was worth it. Clicking. Um, <laughs> number five. What about the footprints that are still on the moon? Oh, I have heard this conspiracy. <laughs> so skeptics think that the well preserved footprints that can be seen in present day photos shouldn't be possible without weathering. Like they shouldn't look as pristine as they do. Right. And the answer is in the moon dust, which is not like our equivalent of earth sand. Sure. So it's got, the dust has sharp edges, and this allows dust particles to stick together and hold their shape in the vacuum that is space. So it's kind of... Because there's no gravity. There's it's no, being held there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's no wind. There's no gravity. There's nothing that's like sweeping these footsteps away. Right. And then number six... I touched on I'm this. I'm there. I'm with you. <laughs> I touched on this very briefly, but the whole stunt was filmed in a studio, right? I've heard this one, yeah. So the year before the moon landing, director Stanley Kubrick released a film called <gasps> 2001, A Space Odyssey. Well, Stanley Kubrick, The Shining. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know The Shining. I just didn't know Stanley yes, Kubrick. he's from The Shining. Same yeah. He's okay. the director. So 2000, That's why I looked at you so, like this. This was in 1968. He released 2001, A Space Odyssey, and the claim to fame is the super vivid, realistic imaging of outer space. And it was so good that some people thought that NASA hired him to make the moon landing just as realistic looking. Mm. Spoiler alert, he didn't film it. No. It looked real because it was real. And Kubrick's film looked so good because he had help from (laughs) aerospace engineers and astronomical artists. Mm. So here's a quote that I kind of like about 400,000 scientists, engineers, technologists, machinists, electricians worked on the Apollo program. If, in fact, the main motivation for believing in the moon hoax is that you don't trust the government, you don't trust our leaders, you don't trust authority, how can you feel that 400,000 people would keep their mouths shut for 50 years? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just implausible. Mm-hmm. So Mythbusters. Must- Mythbusters. <laughs> yes, I'm familiar with them. Mythbusters did a moon landing special based on <laughs> several claims by conspiracy theorists. Yeah. And all claims were busted. Of course they were. I love Mythbusters. Can I just say that? You can say that. I think they're awesome. Is there a term for the fear of outer space? I'm sure. I'm sure there is, yeah. Because I think I have that fear. Do you? Really? Yes. What do you mean? Like, if I start thinking about outer space and yeah. how we are just, like, totally insignificant, we're like this, yeah. I get really freaked out. 
I or get, black holes. If I think far away, if you go into mm. the black hole, I get really freaked out. I don't like space movies. Uh huh. They freak me out. I, I get don't that like same floating fear. in outer space. Star Trek is one of my favorite TV never, series. I will never watch it. I love it. Nope. See, I get that same fear, not Star necessarily Wars, with space, anything. but like of the feeling of being so small. Yeah. And so insignificant in the realm of eternity and the universe and yeah. how much we don't know. I get and how that we're only here for maybe a hundred years max. How and... we're like a mist that just... Yes. It freaks yes. me out. My brain how... starts going into overdrive and I'm like... How insignificant we are. Yes. yes. And I'm yes. Like, what are we here for? What is the meaning of life? What are we doing? So Boyd, so what is your There has to be other people out there. About this conspiracy, about the moon landing. On a scale of one to ten, I give it a two. Do you think we actually landed on the moon? Yes. I do. Yes, I, I think do. we do too. Yeah. Or I think we do too. I think we do too. <laughs> Yes. In I fact, think I think there's, I could be mistaken. I watched, I thought I watched this years ago, but I think there's a picture of Buzz Aldrin at me. being confronted by somebody about yeah. it being a hoax and he just punched him in the face. Yeah. Because I feel like, like that's a thing. It he's could probably be over. He's like, listen, I worked my whole life to yeah. get to the moon. I yeah. walked it. Like, I risked my life to yes. fly to the moon. Like, yeah. can you imagine how terrifying that would have been? I mean, it just goes to show you that literally walking on the moon. There are going to be conspiracy theorists from oh, like yes. here to eternity. It just mm-hmm. never is like, going especially to end. with 2020. Now I'm like, yes, people are crazy. Yeah, <laughs> conspiracy theorists are crazy. Of course, uh, yes, it's, I can see how people got that crazy. So, on a side note, my, go ahead. I was just going to say my favorite movie of all time is Dumb and Dumber. I know that says a lot about me. <laughs> Shocked, but that's why I'm saying we landed on the moon. <laughs> Okay, he was in the bar and they saw a poster and he was all excited and he thought it was <laughs> yes. the first time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, all right. That's where I, I was putting that from. I love a good conspiracy. I like to entertain the sure. idea. Sure, Um And it typically, like, I want to do more conspiracies on this podcast, but in yes. tip- I feel like in the future I'll be more... I don't know, diplomatic and presenting both sides, but sure. this is one that I just, I do not believe in. I feel like it's been scientifically disproven many yeah. times. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. There's a difference between conspiracy theory and conspiracy theory with science yeah. that has backed it up that said this happened. Mm-hmm. I love following, if you guys don't follow NASA on Instagram, I don't. you should. It is so cool. They post the most amazing pictures and I videos should. and stuff, but even those freak me out. Have you ever had space dreams? Yes, I have. Can you watch like, I, like space movies floating. like Gravity? Nope, I will not. No, I, I can't watch just, Gravity. Even just like the the short. Oh, I loved that movie. I can't. Watch I can't it. watch them. Like where they're just tethered on by a rope what and they get the cut one? off into space. Maybe I've seen one what that was I got the one freaked with out. Jennifer Lawrence. That was yes, that's um, the one I've saw. Passengers. Passengers. Yes, I have that, seen. That I did one. see that one because they're mainly on the ship the whole time. It was like a love story. But it's like, and it was like a love story, but like Gravity, it where they were out there. Like I haven't even seen Apollo thirteen. Like, I can't watch they, it. They, oh, I have seen that one. That's probably I why I'm can't. freaked out. And there's one where they keep getting sucked into black hole after black hole. Oh, I don't know what that one is. Oh, God. That I just watched horrible. on, I think it's Prime. There's a special on uh, the um, Challenger. Mm. The one that they were trying to. I can't even watch that stuff anymore. And the one, it's the spaceship that blew up. In, yeah. In route I was in the space. 90s, right? In the 90s, early 90s. Yeah. 93, 94. Thank you so much for that conspiracy. That was fun to listen to. We haven't done a conspiracy in a while. Mm-mm. Have we? No. no. Yeah, you're welcome. It's good. Thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm last. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk about something a little bit different that we have not talked about before on a smorgasbord. 
That's exciting. Can you guys think about something we haven't talked about yet? Um, We've talked about Mothman, Goatman. We've talked about like urban legends, true crime. We've talked about demonic possessions and conspiracies. But have we talked about miracles? No, we have not. We're going to talk about some miracles. So have you guys heard of, I'm sure you've heard of Lords. Our Lord and Savior, (laughs) Jesus Christ. In France. Lord and ladies. Oh. (laughs) In France. okay yeah yes i know him all right so (laughs) we're going to talk about obviously there's a town in lourdes in southern france in southern france i think it's lourdes is it not yeah you said lourdes and i'm now i'm confused lourdes lourdes (laughs) not lourdes it's a town where do i say i pronounce it lourdes i hope you pronounce it lourdes (laughs) i don't know i don't know permission to google permission Permission to to google yes how do you spell it? I L O U R D E S. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. I know what you're I talking per- about. I put L E W R D to pronounce Lourdes, oh, but okay. people were. Okay, okay. I don't know. Lords. Lords. L O R D Z. Right. All right. So we're going to talk about miracles. We're going to talk about Lords okay. in France. Lords, France. Got it. Lords, France. So we're Lourdes. going all the way back to 1858, y'all. <laughs> she does the voiceovers for Google. I don't know if you knew that. Lords. Lords. <laughs> France, 1858. Okay. We're going to talk Bernadette Subaru. So she was a 14-year-old Miller's daughter from the town of Lords, There France. you go. Got it. <laughs> um, which is in southern France. So from February 11th to July 16th, 1858, she reported 18 <laughs> apparitions of a lady. She described the lady as wearing a white veil with a blue girl. And the lady had a golden rose on each foot and a rosary of pearls. I've seen. Is this on a show? It's very, very famous, especially I, in the Catholic faith. Okay. I watched a whole documentary on this. It was very fascinating. Yes. So let the record show I'm not Catholic. So I'm sure I'm going to butcher <laughs> some of this. Record has shown. <laughs> All right. You are not Catholic. So from February 11th to July 16th, 1858, she reported 18 apparitions of a lady Describing the lady as wearing a white veil with a blue girdle and having a golden rose on each foot and a rosary of pearls. Sounds very pleasant. So 18 apparitions. So 18 views. First appearance was on February 11th, 1858, excuse me. And it was about a week before Lent and Bernadette was gathering firewood with her sister and another friend and saw a woman standing in a niche in the rock. So her sister and her friend saw nothing. They didn't see anybody, but Bernadette asked them not to tell anyone. But of course, her friend went home and told her mother right away. Sure. Bernadette was beaten and told to never return to the grotto again because family thought that she was lying. So the grotto was like this area, this rock where she saw the woman. Yeah. So the second appearance was on February 14th, three days later. Um, And this is a quote from her. I went back because I felt myself interiorly impelled. My mother had forbidden me to go. After high mass, the two other girls and myself went to ask my mother again. She did not want to let us go. She said that she was afraid that I should fall in the water. She was afraid that I would not be back for Vespers. I promised that I would, and then she gave me permission to go. I went to the parish church to get a little bottle of holy water to throw over the vision if I were to see her at the grotto. So at this point, sidebar, she doesn't know if this is a good vision, this is a bad vision. She doesn't know anything. Yeah. So again, quote, when we arrived, we all took our rosaries and we knelt down to say them. I had hardly finished the first decade, decade, 
It looks like decade. That doesn't sound like the right word. I don't know the answer. Spell okay. it. Okay. It's spelled like decade. Okay. Um, Desaad? Desaad, maybe? I don't, I don't know. know. I made that up. It sounds French. <laughs> when I saw the same lady, I started to throw holy water in her direction. At the same time, I said that if she came from God, she was to stay. But if not, she must go. She started to smile and bowed. And the more I sprinkled her with holy water, the more she smiled and bowed her head. And the more I saw her make signs. Then I went on saying my rosary. When I finished it, she disappeared, and we came back to Vespers. Huh. That's the second appearance. So, so she didn't mind. She did not mind being pelted with holy water. With holy water. <laughs> okay. Yes. Got it. All right. So the third appearance happened on February 18th, which is about four days later. So this is memorable because this is the first time that the lady spoke to her, to Bernadette. Um, before this, everyone thought that she was kind of like hallucinating, making this up. Because mm-hmm. nobody else was seeing this. So Bernadette reports that after this visit, the lady asked her to return to the grotto every day for the next 15 days. Bernadette, in return, went home, persuaded her mom to let her go, and she said that the lady promised to make her happy in the next world, but not in this world. Interesting. French was not necessarily the language of that region, so Bernadette didn't speak French, but she spoke the regional language. Okay. Um, and so in that regional language that Bernadette used, she asked the apparition, would you have the goodness to come here for 15 days? And the significance of this politeness was not lost on the observers. It would be very unusual for anyone to adopt this formal form of address when speaking to Bernadette, who was penniless, who was a working class peasant girl. So whoever this vision was, was speaking very highly to someone. Let's just say that. Got it. Fourth appearance was February 19th, which was the next day. So Bernadette returned with about eight people, mostly her family. So the townspeople at this point, they were kind of divided on whether she was telling the truth. So they were like, let's send some people with her. Let's send some witnesses. So many people began to start following her out of curiosity because they were like, is this a miracle? Is she hallucinating? Like, what's going on? So the fifth appearance was on February 20th, and 30 people came with Bernadette. Bernadette reported that the lady taught her a prayer, which she began to recite every day, but she would not share this prayer with anyone. She was like, this is a private prayer. Um, at this point, people start thinking, maybe this is the Virgin Mary. So the sixth appearance, the next day, the 21st of February, over 100 people were present. The next appearance on the 23rd, the seventh appearance, 150 people were present. And Bernadette reported that the lady told her a secret, which was for her alone, and the secret she never revealed to anyone. The eighth appearance was on the 24th, and 250 people were present. Mm-hmm. And the message of the lady was penance, penance, penance. Pray to God for sinners. Kiss the ground as an act of penance for sinners. The ninth appearance was on the 25th, the next day. The lady told Bernadette that she should go and drink at the fountain and wash herself. So Bernadette saw no fountain, so she went to drink at the cave. She said it was not there. She pointed with her finger that she was to go in under the rock. She went and she found a puddle of water, which was more like mud. And the quantity was so small that she could hardly gather a little in the hollow of her hand. Nevertheless, she obeyed and started scratching the ground. After doing that, she was able to take some. The water was so dirty that three times she threw it away, but the fourth time she was able to drink it. She made her eat grass growing in the same place where she had drunk. Once only, she didn't know why. And then the vision disappeared, and she went home. Hmm. The 10th appearance was on the 27th of February, and 800 people were present. 
The 11th appearance was the next day on the 28th, and a thousand people were present. Think about it. A thousand people people is a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. There's only 300 people in Skidmore. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, reference. There you go. Bernadette was questioned by Judge Ribs Ribes, after this. Um, The 12th appearance was on March 1st. So 1,500 people were present. So the day before, there was 1,000. The next day, there was 1,500. It's definitely growing. People are just coming. A local housewife who was nine months pregnant, Catherine Latipe, she had a paralysis in one arm following an accident. She reported regaining full movement after bathing her arm in the spring down there by the gato. Simultaneously, she went into labor and had to leave almost immediately to give birth and gave an account to these events to the local physician who began to collect information on the healings at the spring. Mm. So remember that. We're going to talk about the healings at the spring later. Got it. All right. The 13th appearance is on March 2nd. So the lady at this point commanded Bernadette, quote, go tell the priest to come here in procession and to build a chapel here. So she went to the priest, told them, hey, look, you should build a chapel here. They forbade her to go back to the grotto and dismissed her. They're like, get out of here. She was determined, though, and she returned with one of her priest friends to ask again. She was questioned by the priest in the parish and dismissed again. And they were, like, all debating among themselves. Like, what should we do here? What's the best plan of action? They still didn't know. The next day was the 14th appearance. All right, so previously, like I said, the bishops were all talking about what to do with this whole thing. Because, like I said, 1,500 people are coming out. It's a lot of people of their town. Yeah. So they were like, we know that she's requesting a chapel. At the same time, they were like, we don't know who this lady is. Like, whoever this apparition that you're seeing is. We don't know who this is. So they're like, ask who this lady is. So on the 15th, or on the 14th appearance, excuse me, Bernadette asked for the lady's name. But according to her, the lady only smiled and did not answer. So the 15th appearance on March 4th, 9,000 people were present. Wow. It's a lot of people. Isn't that crazy? Went from 1,500 to 9,000. Right. Um, she was again told by the lady to build a chapel, and she was to go to the fountain to wash and pray for sinners. She told three secrets to Bernadette and forbade Bernadette from telling anybody what these three secrets were. The 16th appearance, so this was March 25th. The prior appearance was March 4th, so a couple weeks have passed. Bernadette reports, quote, I went every day for a fortnight, and each day I asked who she was, and this petition always made her smile. After the fortnight, I asked her three times consecutively. She always smiled. At last, I tried for the fourth time. She stopped smiling. With her arms down, she raised her eyes to heaven, and then folding her arms over her breast, she said, I'm the Immaculate Conception. Then I went back to tell him that she had said she was the Immaculate Conception, and he asked, was I absolutely certain? I said yes, and so as not to forget the words, I repeated them all the way home. So, that's her first, that's when people really started to believe this was the Virgin Mary. Okay. 17th appearance was April 7th, about a week later. Dr. Pierre Romain Duzou, he is the town physician. So he was skeptical about this from the beginning, but he believed Bernadette was in her right mind. He was like, she's not sick, she's not hallucinating. So he was like, I'm going to go down with her. So he reported that basically he didn't see anything psychologically wrong with her, to paraphrase. But also on this day, the mayor of Lourdes was barricading the grotto 
and guards were placed to prevent access. So they're like, this is enough. Too many people are coming down. Like I said, 9,000 people had to come down the time before. So like, this is enough. Too many people were coming down. We're going to barricade this. Nobody's allowed to pass. So people were fined if they were even found to be talking about the lady at the grotto. So the 18th and the final appearance was about six weeks later. This was July 16th. More than six weeks. That's like two and a half months. So Bernadette knelt outside the fence by the riverbank because, like I said, there was a fence. They were barricaded from going in. And she knelt down outside of the fence and said, quote, I had never seen her so beautiful before. So eventually the Garda did reopen in April of 1858 by order of Emperor Louis Napoleon III. Bernadette did not see the lady again and did not feel any desire to return. So she's like, I don't feel like I need to go back. And she never did. People kept visiting, and in 1866, Bernadette left Lourdes to join a religious order herself. The clergy, like I said, they were kind of skeptical. The people, the bishop, all of that, they were skeptical, but then they declared that this was all believable, and the lady was known as Our Lady of Lourdes. Bernadette reported having these visions at the Garo. On January 18th, 1860, a bishop stated the Virgin Mary did appear indeed to Bernadette Subaru. Several churches were built at the Lord's, so they weren't built at the time that she was there, but they eventually did build some chapels and churches there to remain, including the Sanctuary of Our Lady of Lords and the Basilica of St. Pew the <laughs> <X. laughs> Sounds right. Listen, guys, I'm trying. You're doing great. All right, thanks. <laughs> Various popes have visited the Lord's to commemorate the anniversaries, with the most recent being in 2008 on the 150th anniversary. So popes keep coming. <laughs> I'm gonna show you guys a little. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do. show you guys a little picture here, <laughs> just so you can see. So they have structured like a little. Um... Yes, this is what I remember. Yes. I was telling Lizzie I, I watched a documentary and I cannot remember for the life of me what it was, but I I watched a lot of random stuff. So I did see it was like a traveler who went and he mm-hmm. went through the the chapel or the church and it was beautiful, and then he went to the. Um, I don't know the the, the Lord's. I mean, it's no, very, the, the water. The, the water is yeah. there, which is the healing waters, which They're I'm going like to get to. Like in a little cave, in a little cave, the grotto, yeah. And so they have this, like, I don't know how to describe it, like a structure, yeah, like a statue almost of yeah. Virgin Mary that is there for people to come and pray to. Lots of people come there mm-hmm. several times a year. So Bernadette did become a saint in 1933 by Pope. Yes, the 11th. Okay. So we're going to talk about the Lord's water. So this is water from the spring in the grotto. So it is considered holy water. Several people report being cured by drinking or bathing in it. Currently, right now, the most recent information I found, there's about 17 bath cubicles, 11 for women, 6 for men, and about 350,000 people a year come to use the baths. The water is about 54 degrees. So it's That's freezing chilling. cold. Yeah. <laughs> it's not warmed at all. <laughs> this is like natural water. <laughs> right. Um, people last about a minute immersed, which I was like, yeah, 54 degrees. I don't think I'd last much longer. So they go there, they're immersed, they recite prayers, and then it is also constantly circulated. They have it purified by a pump and irradiation. Ra- ir- irradiation, yeah. Before, and I have this quote, this is gross. Before they used to have, you know, this pump that purified it. It used to be disgusting and covered 
quote, and the water was not exactly inviting. The Grotto Fathers were afraid that the output of the spring would be insufficient, so in those days, they had the water in the pools changed just twice a day. Mm. As some hundred patients passed through the same water, you can imagine what a horrible slop it was at the end. There was everything in it. You can imagine. There was everything in it. Sorry. Threads of blood, sloughed off skin, scabs, bits of cloth and bandage, an abominable soup of ills. (laughs) The miracle was that anyone emerged alive (laughs) from this human slime. Ew. It says sloughed off skin like... Ugh. Yeah, grody. People get in there probably because their skin's like hanging off. Yeah, and so then that was it sloughs like off in there. Mm, cute. Eighteen ninety one, like yeah. way back when, when they're like this water was disgusting. Because yeah, people yeah. were coming to be healed, and right. you can imagine all the ailments they were yeah, coming I'm sure with. Yeah, like psoriasis, eczema, all the things they didn't <sighs> understand at the time. Ugh. The skin that just hangs off. Oh no. So now, that's all to say that now it is like. Yeah purified by a pump (laughs) like that's good to know technology has come a long way okay it's a risky take going to the lord's (laughs) dipping pool nowadays uh the catholic church they do not formally commission this water as miraculous however they do have the lord's medical medical bureau so so far about seven thousand people have sought to have their cases of healing confirmed as miracles they established the lord's medical bureau which it's basically a team of physicians yeah. who go through and they just look to see if this is like a miracle, if there's some scientific evidence behind it, what's going on. So of those 7,000 people, about 70 have been declared scientifically inexplicable by the medical bureau. The most recent one was February, 2018. Mm-hmm. So like I said, they examine all the cases. They protect fraudulent claims of miracles. They get about 35 cases a year. Most are dismissed pretty quickly by a team of about 20 physicians and scientists. They look at all the test results. They're going to look at your labs. They're going to look at your blood results. They're going to look at all CTs, MRIs, everything. And then they're going to look at your records. They're going to examine the patient themselves. And then they're going to say, like, is there some kind of medical reason behind this miraculous healing? Or is this something that, like, medicine and science can't explain? This is the documentary I watched. Was it? Yes, it was all about. It was all about. They went and talked to the people about medical Mm -hmm. mysteries and healing. Yes. So, like I said, they have seventy so far that are proclaimed as miraculous, Mm -hmm. where they cannot explain it. So they, when they're unable to find a case for the healing, they send it to the diocese. The bishops then look at it, and they have the final say. So to declare it a miracle by the church. So I'm going to only touch on a few notable cases. Like I said, there's 70. I'm not going to go over all 70, obviously. But these all have been recognized as miracles. So one of the earliest is Peter de Ruder. Um, This is 1878. So he had a broken leg. A falling tree basically fell on his leg, broke the tibia and fibula of his left leg. We're going to rely on long. A lot on you nurses here. (laughs) Um, So several doctors were unable to treat him. This is 1878. (laughs) One even told him he needed to amputate, but he refused. So supposedly after he visited the, the Lord's River, his leg was healed and a bronze cast of his bones is still exhibited in the medical bureau there. Although there is conflicting evidence whether the leg healed on its own or before this. 
1878, that's a long time ago. I don't really know what they did for broken legs back then, but... Probably nothing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, when they were like, a doctor recommended amputation, I was like, for a broken leg? And I was like, 1878, it's possible. Know. Yeah. They were like, just get rid of it. Yeah. I don't know. So a lot of these are a lo- little bit more recent. Jean Fratel, she was a 31-year-old nurse with tubercular per- peritonitis. 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 Yeah. Yep. See, I told you because it's going to rely on you. That's okay. She had this for about seven years. She was instantly and permanently cured while lying in her wheelchair beside the spring. Oh, that's amazing. So these are all like, like I said, miracles that the ones that the doctors sure. were like, we can't find an explanation. Yeah. Leo Schweiger, he was a 28-year-old from Switzerland. He had multiple sclerosis for about five years and was miraculously healed. That's amazing. Alice Catult, she was a 34-year-old from France who also had multiple sclerosis for about three years and was healed. Marie Bigot, she was a 32-year-old from France. She had arachnoiditis, a posterior cranial fossa, which was blindness, deafness, and hemoplegia. She was healed of all three. Cool. Um, Jeanette Nouvelle, she was a 26-year-old from France, and she had... This one I don't know of. Bouchiara syndrome. You heard can, of that? You, can you spell that? B-U-D-D space C-H-I-A-R-I. Bud Chiari. Bud Chiari. Right. Spell the last part again. C-H-I-A-R-I. I'd say Bud Chiari. All right. So 26-year-old from France, she had Bud Chiari syndrome, which was a suprahepatic venous thrombosis. Venous th- Yeah, that's a... Clot in Clot. the in the in the liver. Okay, so after she visited the water, she was healed. Okay, Vittorio Michelli. He was a 23 year old from Italy. He had cancer of the pelvis with the tumor so large that his left thigh became loose from the socket, leaving him limp and paralyzed on his left leg. After visiting the rivers, he was free of pain and able to walk. And eight months later, the tumor was gone completely. The hip joint had recalcified, and he lived a completely normal life. Very wow. cool. Sergei Perrin, he was a 41-year-old from France. He had recurrent right hemoplegia with ocular lesions due to bilateral corduroid artery disorders. Um, <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. So basically, I know this is my like very minimal <laughs> medical training coming in. <laughs> he had headaches, impaired speech and vision, and partial right-sided paralysis. He was wheelchair-bound, nearly blind. While at Lourdes, he felt a sudden warmth from head to toe, and his vision returned, and he was able to walk unaided and completely healed. And I don't have years on a lot of these, but... It's okay. You kind of get the gist. Yeah. Delizia Ciroli. She was a 12-year-old from Sicily. She had cancer of the right knee. Doctors wanted to amputate her knee. Mother refused and was like, I'm going to take her to Lourdes. So after going to Lourdes, the tumor began rapidly regressing. That's in a quote. Mm -hmm. Until it completely disappeared. It did leave her tibia angulated, so she did have to have surgery to correct it. But the the tumor and the cancer was completely gone. Cool. Louis Burette, he was 55 years old. He was blind in his right eye from a mine explosion. So he went to the rivers, washed his eye in about 1858. So this was right around when Bernadette was going there. Yeah. After washing his eye, his vision returned completely. Hmm. Marie Bailey, she was, uh, this was in 1902. She was in acute tuberculosis 
peritonitis. Peritonitis. Mm -hmm. Yes. Her abdomen was completely distended with large hard masses. So she was taken to the grotto with three pitchers were poured over her abdomen. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of interesting because a physician went with her and like, this is his Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. account. So after the first pour, he reported that she felt searing pain. After the second pour, it was less. And by the third pour, she experienced a pleasant sensation. He watched as her stomach began to flatten and her pulse returned to normal within 30 minutes. He said he was there taking notes and watched her abdomen, which was hard and distended, completely flattened within 30 minutes. The next day she ate, got out of bed on her own, and boarded the train completely refreshed when before he was like, she was hours away from death. Her recovery was so miraculous that the physician who reported this, Dr. Alexis Carell, he was at Noble, a Nobel Prize winning doctor, became a man of faith and completely, like, changed his life around because of this. Cool. Love to hear. So... That are just some of the very few, like I said, there's 70 miraculous cases. Those are some of the few cases that have been talked about because of the Grotto of the Lords. Wow. It's fascinating. Isn't that fascinating? I love hearing those stories. Like, I just think it's fascinating that not only are these people considering miracles, but like also that it's a team of 20 physicians. Yeah. Who are not only examining the patients that are examining all their medical records or talking to the doctors who've treated them, everything. And they're like, we have no explanation. This has to be a miracle. Yep. So but there's 70 of them. That's crazy. It's also interesting how there's like 70 out of like thousands. They said they get about 7,000. They said they get about 35 a year. Yeah. Yeah. Not a ton, but like also like. Yeah, I know. It just makes you wonder like. Why like are, cases that have no medical explanations. Some are not. Yeah. 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 It's just interesting. Mm-hmm. But it, it is a very cool place. And like I've mentioned multiple times, I've watched this documentary. If yeah. I find it, I will show you. And that's how I've heard about it. And I've Please seen all the pictures. Me, yeah. And there's like this this place where they go light all the candles. It's her. a very famous. Yeah. yeah. Very famous location. But that's how I knew about it was because of the medical mystery. So it had something to do with that yeah. based off of it. And then they talked about the history of it. So that's how I knew. Very famous location. People still come yeah. all the time to be healed or just to even like see. Like I said, it's very popular in the Catholic faith. Yeah. I'm not Catholic, so I didn't know very much about no, it. No, neither did I. Which is, I usually watch things about history or, mm-hmm. or religion because <laughs> I'm a good time. Right. Well, no, and I have my <laughs> own opinion about like near-death experiences versus like miracles like this. Yeah. I, I kind of think that they to... fall into similar categories for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just very interesting, and Medical I realized mysteries. we've never talked about miracles. I was looking at unsolved mysteries and unsolved mysteries because I was like, "I'll do an unsolved again," because <laughs> yeah. I know how they love it. And unsolved mysteries has their own like they have like a few episodes they've done that have been miracles. Maybe I was that's like, where I heard about it. So I started looking at miracles, and this is one of them that they did. So I was like, "Let's let's look at it." I don't know. I find it interesting. I find it very intriguing. You yeah, it's fascinating. Job. So I yeah, kind of went off a little bit on. I know that's a little bit different for the smorgasbord, but I was just like, this is interesting. Let's talk about it. No, There's I no like explanation. It. I like it. Good job. Thank you. All right, guys. So thank you so much for tuning in to our smorgasbord episode. You can always catch us at thetipsyghost.com and find all of our socials from there and email us at thetipsyghost at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your stories. Please give us a five-star rating and a great review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help and we really appreciate it. All right, guys, thanks so much for tuning in this week. We will catch you guys next week. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.